Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we talk about reality smashing and dead robots coming back to life. Wait, he's alive? Danny, why is that the title? I mean, I can't really say. Why is Marvel? Uh, why are we even here? Think about that, Tyler. That's that's pretty. Anyway, deep. this is a why is with Ty and Dan. So let's let's tell our readers a little bit about what the podcast it. Yeah, we'll tell the readers. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, it's okay. okay. It's okay. It's the first time we can have a little faux pas in here. Uh, it will let people know that we, just like them, are experiencing WandaVision for the first time. However, we are also experiencing the joy of recording a podcast for the first time. Which, you know, they might not know, but they can live vicariously through us. You so are anyway, all along for the ride, listeners. Yeah. The thing I'm confused about what the title is, is that uh, our title, sorry, I don't mean to harp on this, is that no one calls me Dan, and I don't know anyone who calls you Ty. It's an unfathomable title, so it's okay. So someday we'll figure it out. Someday. You know? Anyway, so I'm Danny Vincent. Uh, I live in Chicago, and I am an aspiring playwright, but I also work as a daycare supervisor, which is very fun in the age of COVID-19. Well, yeah, you know how it be. Uh, what about you, Tyler? What's your last name? <laughs> My name is Tyler Borland, and I currently live just next to a cornfield in Illinois. So uh, to all of you other Illinoisans out there who also live next to cornfields, I say hello. And I currently work in marketing at a college. Wait, yeah, I have a question for you. Where exactly is Illinois? I live in Chicago, and I don't know where Illinois is. There's Chicago? And then it's just south of Chicago. That's that's it. That's the only land. That's all that Illinois is. Ah, yeah. Reminds me of the. I have a few friends who live on the south side, so you must be right near me. Sure. All right. So, <laughs> so just a few hundred miles. Um, yeah, yeah. I could walk there. Anyway, now we're gonna explain why is why is, but we're not gonna explain the title. Honestly, if you guys don't get this title. I, I question why you're listening to this podcast, because this is an MCU podcast. We don't need to explain it. Don't make us explain it. The only thing that needs explaining is why our names are wrong in the title. But I, even I don't know why that's like that. Tyler, do you want to start? Uh, you can you can, you can, can explain why, well, why we came up with this podcast, why we want to do it. All right. So Danny and I both went to the same college together. We were both theater majors, and we... We constantly found that when we were together, we were always talking about film, more specifically the MCU. We would text each other back and forth about movies coming out. And at that time, that was the that was the age of Infinity War and then Endgame. So we had a lot to talk about there and a lot to theorize. Don't forget also like uh, Black Panther and Ragnarok. That's true. Which are better. Oh, that's a spoiler for like an episode probably like two or three years we actually discussed the old movie. Anyway, anyway go on. No, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you it's off. It's good. Uh, <laughs> so we, we found that we were having these conversations. We would we had uh, classes together, so we would we'd meet on campus, and then we'd go to lunch or something, grab coffee, and we would talk MCU. Or we would have our storied uh, green room conversations 
at the at the theater where we would get in heated debates about whether or not the last jedi is a good movie or not which we it all is a know good movie. the answer it is to a that good wink movie. wink nudge nudge it, it, but we're never gonna have an episode about the last we jedi. probably so shouldn't you, any this is this is this is a disclaimer hold on we have to give this a disclaimer is that i know the last jedi is incredibly divisive and we are not going to discuss it on the show if you are an MCU fan who hates talking about Star Wars, do not worry. We're not going to talk about it. Unless, like, unless like it's relevant. One thing we do not tolerate is intolerable yeah. people and those who like The Last Jedi. Uh, well, I love The Last Jedi. But anyway, we're not going to discuss it. <laughs> but anyway, we decided to finally do it now, right? Because, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed who are listening to this, but we just came off of an 18-month break from the MCU. Which is really unprecedented, but also, like, we're never going to have it again. Because starting this last Friday, there's probably going to be a new MCU thing, like, every week. Um, Maybe there'll be a couple off weeks here and there. We've accounted for that in this podcast's plans. But in our mind, if there was ever going to be a weekly MCU podcast, it makes sense to be now. Because I think they have, um, what is it? I think they have six TV shows and five and a half movies scheduled to come out this year. Now, I'm not expecting all the movies to come out, but because uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm sure some of these will be delayed. Uh, personally, I don't think Spider-Man's going to make this year, uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, I say ah uh, a lot. Have you noticed? That's a nice filler for me. Uh, Tyler, you could edit out all the others if you want, but in my experience, when I've done that with podcasts, it takes so long that it's really not worth it. So It is, and it's it's going to sound really choppy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, I could uh, uh, we could record something to go we could record something to go over all of those sounds like an air horn but anyway uh so yeah uh my attitude and I think Tyler's attitude I don't mean to speak for you buddy is if we're gonna launch an MCU podcast it's now or never because why would we want to launch in the middle of this big barrage of MCU content so yeah um yeah i think that's i think you did a good job summing it up tyler and me adding but to the end was special too uh but um <laughs> yeah shall we move on to our actual meat of the podcast we should shall so first off we're gonna start with the mcu news so i have four pieces of news and the first one is a bit of fake news but i thought it was relevant enough because it was trending on twitter and people thought it was real is that deadline uh reported that chris evans was in discussions to return to the mcu uh i don't know did you see that tyler earlier i this I, week? I saw that so and i, didn't and I got Usually really I, I got really excited because i thought there are two possibilities we could go with here we could get a old man cap line where he i believe in the comics that he ran he ran shield uh a lot more like what nick fury does um in the earlier earlier MCU. And I I don't see with just with his age and with the going out ceremony that they gave him at the end of Avengers Endgame, I his story is wrapped up and I I think that they won't necessarily extend into old man cap. Um I think maybe in Falcon and Winter Soldier we might get a we might get a funeral of Captain America. Um, of Steve Rogers, we may get get something there. But I, I'm gonna make this 
prediction that we won't see Steve Rogers in any more of 2023, like post in game MCU. I think they could uh, go back and do some nomad stuff between Infinity War and no, between Civil War and Infinity War. Maybe well, they could maybe fill in that gap. Well, so what's your thoughts? Okay, so first off, uh, for the Nomad thing, I would think that if they were to do that, we would hear about him being in Black Widow. Right. He's supposed to cover that uh, territory. Uh, in regards to Old Man Cap, I think the only way I would be okay with it is that um, he was like a supporting character, right? That's what I mean. Like, if he was a supporting character in Falcon Winter Soldier, I guess I would be okay with it, but I am also inclined to agree that he and Iron Man both got pretty good send-offs in Endgame. I wouldn't really want to see either of them. And the thing to me is also about this thing is if Chris Evans was to come back, I'd be annoyed because I actually think that it makes more sense to bring back Robert Downey Jr. Not, not he's dead. Like that's what, it, but I yeah. know in the comics, I know they're doing an Ironheart show and I know in the comics that like her AI, like her Jarvis is like Tony. Yeah. So to me, bringing, uh, and I'm sure Robert Downey Jr. would love to get paid like $10 million to sit in a recording booth for like a day you know because that's what would happen like he would be like they're like record all your episodes for the season he's like all right 10 million and they'd pay him <laughs> they yeah. really wanted him and, well so, they, like, they would <laughs> so like i wouldn't be opposed to that because i know there's also a basis in the comics i don't see there being much appeal to chris evans putting on a bunch of makeup and them using a bunch of cgi on him to do that but then again um quick Mandalorian season two spoilers ahead. I didn't think there was much of a point for them to uh, make Mark Hamill super de-aged for a TV show. And they apparently were willing to spend that money. So who knows? Uh, but all this is irrelevant. I just wanted us to discuss this because I thought it was interesting that it was news. Cause I wasn't expecting to see it even as a rumor so quickly. Right. But Chris Evans has already been like, that's news to me. I'm not doing that. So I don't think it's going to happen right now. But I think it was worth discussing. Because, he's he's you know. too, he's too busy uh, sending sending certain pictures on was it Instagram? He's, <laughs> he's too busy. Uh, de- uh, he's too busy declaring that he's not playing a stupid toy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing a toy. I'm playing a man. Uh, <laughs> the real oh, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, the real Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> not this lame fake one played by Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so our next news. I kind of referred to earlier is uh, I don't know if everyone noticed is I said that we have five and a half MCU movies coming this year. Anyway, so the point is more the half movie, right? The half movie is Morbius, which I don't think either of us are particularly super excited to see. But if we're going to do an MCU podcast and it ends up that it is an MCU adjacent film, we will probably see it and discuss it. Uh, Funny enough, uh, I don't know if you have you heard uh, what they're calling the the adjacent series right now until they like reveal is actually part of the MCU. If it is, oh, it's a it's like the Sony collection of Marvel. It's it's a mouthful. It's something like yeah. that. It's like if you if you were like you know how people say MCU. Uh, if you were trying to pronounce this as a word, it'd be like spunk, which I think is really funny. The spunk. It's like Sony Pictures. No, it's Spumak, excuse me. It's Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters. Uh, It's pretty embarrassing I have that memorized. Uh, (laughs) uh, But anyway, uh, so they moved it, basically. It was supposed to come out in March, and now it's coming out in October, which makes, I I think it makes more sense. 
I, uh, I do too, because this is this is at the heart of it. It's a vampire film, so yeah. it makes sense to be in in Halloween. In Halloween, wow, the whole month is Halloween. It, it makes sense to be in October, though. Also, Venom was super did super well for them in October, so it makes sense to me too um, to just move it there. And also, uh, to talk. I'm not going to go big into this because in the off chance that Black Widow gets sent to streaming, which isn't one of my news, but there's a rumor that it could still happen. I don't want to discuss it right now because we're going to do a Black Widow episode when I will go on a huge rant about streaming and theatrical distribution. But I will say I think a big reason to move Morbius was because as of right now, the big movie of uh, October is Dune which is based off the book. I don't know if you... That's that's uh, supposed to be... From what I've heard, is it's supposed to be this generation's Star Wars. Well, it, it's based off... Oh, I think it's based off a book that greatly inspired Star Wars, if I remember right. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it's... I don't, I don't know in the book. I think the book was the 60s, but I could be wrong. It could also be like 72. I know it was a big influence on Star Wars. Uh, my big thing, though, with that compares... I don't want to go on too much of a tangent about Dune. Uh, but my big thing about the content that is that uh, about ten years ago, John Carter was supposed to be our generation Star Wars, <laughs> and no, no one talks about John Carter. John who? But exactly, uh, that's that's a very fair response. Uh, but my point with Morbius and Dune is that Dune is a part of the deal where stuff gets sent to HBO Max on the same day. Uh, I've heard the directors trying to like prevent that particularly for dune and the production coming that isn't warner brothers on it but my point is is that if dune was to go at the same day as hbo max that leaves the theaters without like big exclusive title and in my mind sony saw that and was like well morbius could do that maybe and these theaters i think i don't want to get into much of a discussion about theaters because it's not what this podcast is about but i think theaters will be hopefully fully reopened by september and october uh and at that point if theaters are totally reopened and dune is on hbo max same day as theaters i think theaters are going to want to give their bigger screens to something they have exclusively uh i think that's another motivating factor moving morbius uh but i also think it's just a good idea to move it because i don't know anyone who's going to the movie theater in march i don't know anyone who's going now yeah so well i mean i am but not (laughs) at the moment because they're closed in chicago uh, the Disney Plus news, uh, well, first is a little boring. This is the half news. The boring news is about episode lengths, which I thought was interesting, is that Kevin, I'm going to, okay, first before I just give this news, this is the disclaimer to everyone listening, is that I always pronounce the uh, guy in charge of Marvel's name is Kevin Feige. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Feige, but I'm always going to say Kevin Feige because that's what I call um. The guy who directed Bridesmaids, his name is spelled super similarly, uh, Paul Feige. So I just go, oh, it's Kevin Feige. Uh, But anyway, so Kevin so sorry if this bothers anyone. Side note. Uh, You're not going to listen to us anymore. Uh, Sorry. Hopefully Kevin doesn't like send the seats and the cyst on us because I mispronounced his name. Anyway. (laughs) Now Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige's going to call us out on social media now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be like, don't listen to these guys. I don't want to say my name right. Uh, in that case, man, uh, I'm sorry. You've probably gotten your whole life of people pronouncing your name right. Your name is Kevin. Um, so I think you're, you're okay <laughs> with us pronouncing it. Uh, but anyway, so 
they're obviously doing a ton of interviews for WandaVision, and he revealed that, well, we know WandaVision's episode lengths because we watched the show. But he said that She-Hulk will be a half-hour show, but Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier will be our shows. Um, and I'm okay with this. I'm honestly more curious about what he didn't mention, because uh, I think uh, I think Hawkeye will be an hour. That makes sense. I'm curious if Miss Mar- what Miss Marvel will be. Because Miss Marvel could very much be aiming to be like, I don't want to be like a kids version. Because I, Mar- I, well, one, I think Marvel is for kids, uh, and that's not a problem. I think that's a very strong merit of it uh, compared to. I don't want to attack the DC EU so much because I do like the DC EU, but I think Zack Snyder and the movies similar in his tone are not aiming for kids primarily. Whereas I feel Marvel, for the most part, is even with movies like Black Panther. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Especially Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just a little raunchy humor thrown in. Um, but they're still a talking raccoon and a talking tree. So, But anyway, um, I'm curious uh, on what Miss Marvel will be. So I guess my news here is that there is no news on Miss Marvel. And I want news on Miss Marvel. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the episode lengths of these D- Disney Plus shows? I'm... Do you have strong thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I Not necessarily. I don't have a strong, strong thoughts necessarily. But I... I enjoyed with with WandaVision. I thought that they because I I noticed a difference in episode length between episode 1 seemed shorter than episode 2. And it may just be by a couple minutes, but what I liked about it is that they took as long as they needed to tell that story, to tell their whatever was being that little story, that little arc inside those uh, individual episodes. So I, as long as the, and I know this is, these are my demands. uh, As long as they are taking the time to fully tell the story and not skip any corners, especially since we, it's not like we're getting a 22 episode season, you know, we're getting six to eight, to 10 maybe episodes yeah. a season. So I think as long and as they take, as long sorry. as they need, take as long as you need to, to get that arc finished in that episode. That's, that's yeah. my, more of my thing. If I remember right, uh, Kevin, Kevin Feige, uh, said at an interview following the investor day that all of these series are around, um, six hours total, but the episode length and episode number differs obviously because, even if they're all the same length overall, they're going to be broken up into different segments. Uh, and I think I don't want to get too much into WandaVision right now because we're going to discuss that for like probably an hour or so. Uh, so, but uh, I think what you said though, with WandaVision is something they've also been doing on the Mandalorian to mixed results. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I do think it's a merit on that show that there is no needless filler in the episodes. And I don't mean, like, character development, because the Mandalorian could use some more character development on the show. But I mean, like, they're not just throwing in action scenes for no reason. And in the case of WandaVision, which, again, we're going to talk about more later, uh, we're not having very superfluous plot lines and stuff. Right. To me, at least. Uh, we're keeping it focused, and we're keeping it still entertaining. Uh, and my other Disney Plus news is, and then I have one piece of news after this, Tyler. I know you're excited. Uh, is that Ethan Hawke is going to be playing the villain in the Moon Knight show. And I'll be honest, I don't know anything about Moon Knight, but I know I like Oscar Isaac. I've, I've I heard like he's, the, he's the Batman of Marvel. 
that's the like the yeah. closest the closest comparison that I've that I've heard. But in, you were saying, oh, I, I, I'm gonna give my brief thoughts on this. Ethan Hawke has been on the record for not liking superhero movies. Uh, like uh, if I remember right, he was doing a campaign, you know, Oscar campaigning for his movie First Reformed a couple years ago. And someone asked him what he thought of superhero movies. And he brought up Logan. And he's like, I love Lo- Logan. was still a really good movie. Logan is great. But Logan is still, at its heart, a really good superhero movie. I don't get why people are talking about it as, like, this great movie. It still has a guy with knives coming out of his hands when he fights. Uh, so Ethan Hawke is an indie star. And I like indie movies. Uh, and I love Ethan Hawke. I think Ethan Hawke is a great talent. Uh, but in a similar sense to Oscar Isaac, and I know, I feel like you're going to disagree with me here, and it's fair, it's a fair thing to disagree on, is um, I think he is, I think he and Oscar Isaac are both too talented for this. <laughs> uh, and by that, I will though more mean, I think I more mean to be on a TV show, to be on a Disney Plus TV show. Uh, if Moonlight was being a movie... Uh, with Ethan Hawke as the bad guy and with interesting directors. Uh, I don't have it listed on my news because I don't think... No no offense, Tyler. I don't think... You, they announced who the directors of Moon Knight were going to be this week, too. Uh, but I don't think you know who they are. So, I, But I do. And I didn't like their movie. So I'm like, with different directors, if these actors were in a Moon Knight movie under maybe even hopefully like an R-rated initiative, I'd be really excited. Um the R-rated initiative is related to my next topic, but we will talk. We will, I want to hear your thoughts on Ethan Hawke being in Moon Knight. Uh, and honestly, Oscar Isaac, too, because Oscar Isaac has never been formally announced. Uh, and did, did, he de- this week, did he deny it, too? No, it was just so it had leaked like a month prior to the investor day and they didn't mention it in the investor day. Mm. Whereas pretty much all the ever leaks, they were like, yeah, here's, yeah, that's happening, you know? Uh, but for Moon Knight, they didn't mention anything. But that also makes me think Moon Knight is probably a bit of a ways off. Right now, everyone, it seems everyone who has announced that they've been invited into the MCU or, ca- you know, cast in the, into the MCU, they're all MC, they're all fans of the MCU. So with Ethan Hawke saying, I really don't like superhero movies, uh, maybe here we're getting more of the, he's going to be the Harrison Ford of Marvel Studios, where, you know, Harrison Ford with Star Wars was iconic with not liking Han Solo, not liking his Star Wars. So we could well, get we sorry, could get on. that dynamic. And maybe well, that that plays maybe that makes it backstage. That makes a, a uh, actor dynamic that the characters can that not necessarily the characters, but the, the actors can play off of each other. I feel like we might have already got that, though, personally. Because um, someone popped in my head when you said that. I'm like, oh, well, no, no, no. I think we might be getting that with Oscar Isaac, too, though. Because I don't know if you remember, like, as soon as not the last Star Wars... I said I wasn't going to talk about Star Wars, but I think it's pretty universally agreed that The Rise of Skywalker was bad. Amen. Uh, and and then when they went on tour for that, press tour for that, both Oscar Isaac and John Boyega were like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing this again. That's my really bad John Boyega impression. No, no, you but sounded spot on. Like, that was that was Zion. Oh, on. thank you, thank you. I, I try to be John Boyega. I, it's so bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, no, but that. But I remember. I can't remember if it was him. I think it was John Boyega. So not Oscar Isaac, but 
they asked him, would you do a Disney Plus show for Finn? And he was like, no, man, you're not going to Disney Plus me. And when I saw Oscar Isaac was doing a Disney Plus show, I was just like, huh. And I know they're not the same person, obviously, but their attitudes seem very similar. Uh, in my mind, it's not necessarily we're going to get a Harrison Ford out of it. In my mind, it's these guys are going like, well, at this point, in this is to me, this is sad. Maybe you think it's okay. Um, these guys are like, oh, man. Um, at this point in Hollywood, I have to take a superhero role. So I might as well do this TV show where I'm going to get a bigger paycheck because it's longer episodes. And besides, like, Robert Downey Jr. and some other people, you know, and Chris Evans and, like, the really big names, no one really gets paid huge for superhero movies. You know, like, like, well, okay, so I know for, for Wonder Woman, right, the first movie, Gal Gadot got paid, like, nothing, even though she'd already been good in Batman vs. Yeah. Superman. The movie was bad, but she was good in Batman vs. Superman. Um, so, that's just the way it is, and I'm betting Oscar Isaac's like, well, this is a good paycheck, and I can do more indie stuff once I have a paycheck, and also, you need to keep yourself up in the public eye, uh, whereas, in my opinion, the only person from the last Star Wars movies that will keep in the public eye right now uh is really adam driver and that's because he has a person like he hosts snl he is very i think he's the one who became a movie star out of uh yeah uh but whereas oscar isaac and john boyega and daisy ridley are all going to be kind of struggling to maintain the momentum a bit and i think both isaac and boyega would be fine going back to indie movies but they'd like to also have money right you know and I feel like that's also a free Ethan Hawk, because uh, Ethan Hawk doesn't do blockbusters at all. But doing a TV show with Oscar Isaac sounds fun, probably to him. That's it too. Is like actors like to work with each other, and that's probably. I don't think we'd be getting Ethan Hawk as the bad guy in Moon Knight if we weren't getting Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. The last bit of news has to do actually kind of what I just mentioned with how I wish Moon Knight could have been like an R-rated venture for Marvel, like a movie. And that said, Deadpool 3 has been officially confirmed to be happening in the MCU. It will be R-rated. It is not shooting this year, which would mean at the earliest we're getting it is 2023. But I would expect more 2024. I just think it's interesting that they're keeping it R-rated. And I also, this is my other thought. I'm going to let you probably talk more on this one than me. Uh, But my other thought is I hope that they bring in Deadpool's supporting cast. I think it'd be a shame if it's just Ryan Reynolds because I thought Deadpool 2 had two really great additions mm-hmm. of Domino and Cable. Uh, but the issue, especially with Cable, is... I'm, well, with Domino, it is they might want to reintroduce the mutants on their own terms and do their own Domino. Uh, and with Cable, it's that Josh Brolin already exists in the MCU yeah. as Thanos. Uh, but... But if they do a story where it's like they're combining universes, exactly. It be okay. They sorry, what were you going to yeah, say? That? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my my point. Is the that we know the multiverse is here, and obviously with the slate of Phase Four movies with uh, WandaVision, which we'll get in more into, we're getting. I think we're getting realities blending there um, with uh, Spider Man Three. It with all the casting. Uh, information coming coming along it sounds like we're getting some clashes i mean dr strange is in it you know um and and we we have also of course a dr strange movie that's literally titled exactly the multiverse of madness so we've got this almost this trilogy of uh of work that's coming out that is all centered around the multi around the multiverse 
And I I don't think that. And if you want to also throw in, sorry, if you also want to throw in like what if, what if could be exactly too, uh, for the multiverse. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, go on though. So yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly my my point is that we have the multiverse, and I think that the pool is open, and Marvel's gonna go for a swim, and I think that they are going to embrace they're embracing the multiverse with with everything and. Uh, and that they, I think they're going to go full with it. So the possibilities are are endless, and we could even get some. We could get some funny Deadpool esque humor with uh, with having Josh Brolin as Cable coming in, and we could get the you know playoff uh, actors playing off of. Oh, why do you sound so familiar? Or have I met you before? You know, and Deadpool and Deadpool would exactly. Know why. Deadpool would be like, and we we could totally like. we could totally get a moment of where Deadpool uh, looks into the camera with this uh, John Krasinski Jim esque like office esque <laughs> uh, moment where he just looks into the camera and he's like, yeah, you. He just connects with the with the audience. He's like, yeah, you know what's happening. You know what happened. But uh, yeah, with the smashing of the multiverse. I think that the possibilities are are endless. Um, I don't. I don't and, think that. Sorry. I think that Marvel Studios does want to have their own. They definitely will have their own Fantastic Four. They will definitely. I think that they definitely want to create their own X Men um, in there. But the fact that Deadpool's coming in, uh, we've. With Deadpool, you have the mutant gene. Like, that's that's all part of his origin story. So I I think that uh that bringing that in is a nice way to introduce us to to mutants. And also yeah, and also isn't Domino also a mutant? Uh cable yeah. Cable's kind of his own mm-hmm. thing. I know. I mean, cable might be mutant, I don't know. But Domino is also a mutant and yeah, anyway. But I wanted to talk about one more thing involving this news, which is the R-rated aspect. Uh, do you think? Because I really, I don't really have an opinion on this yet. I'm kind of just like, hmm. I'm curious if this opening up of R-rated MCU content will continue. Because I don't know if you remember those Netflix shows that weren't really ultimately relevant. They were pretty, pretty brutal. But to me, it's like, oh, if Deadpool three is R-rated. Does this mean the Blade movie is going to be R-rated? Um. That's really what. That's really the one that sticks out to me because to me, Blade is a, and this is me speaking as someone who's completely actually unfamiliar with the character besides like memes and clips. I've never seen the old movies, but I've always heard people be like, Blade has to be rated R. It only makes sense if it's rated R. Will we see Blade fight Morbius? <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think that Deadpool will be the only R-rated content we get from the MCU? Uh, I want to point out the. I want to point out one more perspective of mine because I said I have no opinion, but I do have the opinion that if we do get R-rated stuff from the MCU, it's going to be exclusively movies because I don't think Disney wants to put big Marvel projects on Hulu. Yeah, because uh, the big I, the whole point is that all the Marvel stuff is on Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. Um, but Deadpool can be the ex- exception to that. But do you think Blade will also be the exception? To I that? think that they're going to test the waters with Deadpool. I think with Deadpool being more of a uh, more of a comedy 
I don't want to I don't want to pigeonhole Deadpool into the comedy sec, you know, section because they can also it's an action adventure. It's I mean, it's all kinds of kinds of uh, genre smashing. Yeah, to me, the appeal of to me, the appeal of Deadpool outside of the comedy, honestly, more than the comedy is I thought the second one's action sequences yeah. were really good. They were because uh, it was directed by another person who, if the last name would have mispronounced, probably David Leach. Who did that? Doesn't sound right at all. Uh, but uh, uh, he directed uh, the first John Wick and Atomic Blonde, and you know he does a lot of. I think actually Deadpool 2's action is worse than both of those, but there are sequences in that movie that I remember being really impressed by. Like I thought the car chase scene was very good. I thought pretty much any of the one-on-one fights were mm-hmm. really good. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yes, sorry. You, as you were saying, Deadpool is a lot of things. It's not yeah. just a comedy. So I, I think uh, that I think yeah. that they can test the waters on what exactly they can, they can put out there in an R rated, R rated film. Um, I think doing an R rated film, and this goes for any any film, doing an R rated piece of work, just to do an R rated piece of work, is not going. You've got to have substance to it, you know. Um, so and uh. I I think that as long as they carry that in mind and they piggyback off of the success of Deadpool 3, then I think Blade Blade can just put, rise right up from from that as an R-rated yeah, adventure. Yeah, cuz I would I think I was going to say as I from what I know of Blade is if Blade was Deadpool 2, everyone would be mad about it. And I don't think Marvel would do that. Uh, because they're generally pretty good about like keeping stuff. Well, they they give the fans what they want, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I don't think anyone really wants a funny blade. Yeah, movie. like or at least like a dead. I mean, like for example, I don't think Black Panther is designed to be a funny movie, but there are funny moments, and I imagine that's mm-hmm. what Blade would be. Well, and that's um, just you know just that is that right there is is good. It's good storytelling because you you're keeping the human element in the film it's not all all serious you know like you said with with black panther is that it hits this these little inside jokes and like uh i i never freeze and it's just all naturally is built in you know to the dialogue a very uh a very quick a very quick defense of the joke everyone hates of black panther uh everyone always makes fun of the awful what are those moments (laughs) but you know what my audience screamed with laughter when it happened, so it was a good joke. Too bad, well, <laughs> you yeah. losers who hate that that joke. It, it built it built off of social media relevancy, right there. Like, and Shuri is the age of a person, even though she is a super genius. She probably is on Twitter. She's probably on Instagram. Yeah, right? You know, like even well, whatever Wakanda's version of it is, because there's cut off from the world but you know i'd be like she she's probably hip with the memes as they say she's gen well, z i mean her <laughs> think of her sneaker joke with with the shoes you know like that and that's yeah. the way of i think she is very much she's much more connected with the outside world now we're getting into black panther but she's much more connected with the outside world than people around her and you can use that to connect with your audience. Yeah, so in Wakanda, they don't leave the country often because it's an isolated exactly. country. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so they're they're very isolated, and uh, they're 
their culture is very important to them and they have their own traditions set up and Shuri is that she's that kind of tradition breaking norm breaking hey i'm also going to bring in other references that aren't necessarily you know they aren't yeah, relevant i kind of want to I kinda talk you, about black panther now but uh we'll we'll say that for yeah. later whenever we get black panther 2 news or whenever we get um other, i don't know you know what i mean like whenever we get other yeah. stuff going on uh but anyway uh, so now we can move on to our next segment. We finally finished the MCU <laughs> news. Wow. So next up, we're going to do a segment that I am. Well, first I'll tell you what the, the segment is. Then I'm going to pitch my ideas to tell what we should call it. So this is just basically, this will serve like as an intermission of MCU stuff uh, where we just talk about something we watched or did this week. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning more towards watch though, because I'm always watching stuff. And I think Tyler, for the most part, will watch at least one thing yeah, a week. It depends. Maybe. Besides WandaVision, of course. So welcome to In the Green Room. I want you to talk first because I want to give you options to pick for me because, you know, I always watch a ton. So I'm going to give you options to talk about, but you okay. can talk first. Well, because, I, yeah. this week, I watched a football game and I... Oh, nice. Uh, you played. It was the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams and pack... Uh, so it wasn't the Nickelodeon game. The what? The Nickelodeon no, game. no. <laughs> well, it wasn't that okay um but uh but yeah i i enjoyed it i that's something that i used to do uh quite a few years ago and i've actually this this year i've not watched much sports at all but uh it was nice to to kind of get a break and and watch watch just a little bit of competitive sports so so yeah nice i feel like sports even though i'm not into them is something that is a, probably a really good decompression mm-hmm. thing. So for me, you get an option of three things to talk about. You can either talk about the TV show, the TV season I finished, movie I watched, or, and this is the fun one that I think you're going to pick because it's weird, but maybe you won't. Maybe you'll surprise me and pick one of the other two. Uh, we could talk about something that's being defined as both television and a movie. Um, Let's go with the TV season. So it's interesting because... Fun enough, all three of them would have related back to the MCU. <laughs> Plot twist, <laughs> I know. Uh, but I finished the first season of What We Do in the Shadows, uh, which is Taika White. Well, Taika Waititi co-directed the movie, and he directed a few episodes of the show. It's not really his show, but it's pretty funny. I enjoyed it. It's on Hulu. Uh, have you heard I, of it? I have, yeah. So What We Do in the Shadows is super funny. Uh, I watched it because I want to. I'm trying to make a 2020 list of stuff. And yeah, basically, uh, it's good. Uh, it's very funny, very clever. I like it more than the movie because I have this weird opinion that the, this has always been my opinion, uh, even as I watched more and more of some of this. I actually think what we do in the shadows is, in my opinion, Taika Waititi's weakest film, uh, because all of his other ones have an emotional heart to it. And what we do in the shadows does not. Uh, that's not to say what we do in the shadows is bad. It's a very funny movie. It's still like, I'd still give it like a B. I think he's just a great filmmaker all around. But I think the show is better because I'm not expecting a big heart from the show. And I think the characters are more likable in the show. But I I also think it's very silly to compare the two because one of them is a movie where you spend only 90 minutes with them and the other one's a show that I just spent five hours with them. Yeah. Like, you know? Uh, so, but anyway, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and now we can talk about... Drum roll. <laughs> WandaVision. All right. So 
First off, the uh, I smiled. I was a little kid when I started watching this on on Friday because the the Marvel Studios fanfare started playing, and I have not heard that. Like, yeah, I've not heard that in such a long time that I was like, "Hello, my old friend." Like that's that's the feelings, the nostalgia that brought it brought me back. So the th- the thing is is uh the thing is is that it's embarrassing me to me to say that I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> um uh I I think I, I wanna lay this out right now to the listeners and then I will really actually respond to your point, is that I think one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is that I pretty much consistently will enjoy a Marvel thing in the moment. But then afterwards, once I get caught up in the discourse, I'll be like, eh, I think it was fine. You know, there's still, of course, Marvel movies I really like. And I generally do really like the stuff when I'm watching it and when it's done with. Uh, but to go back to what you're saying is that for the last 18 months, I've been very much like, you know, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is good because it's not a Marvel movie. And I, I do think that is true somewhat. I think, for me at least, that is true that I like Wonder Woman 1984 because it does stuff that a Marvel movie cannot do. Uh, but that does not mean that I dislike Marvel Studio stuff. And I would agree that when the fanfare started playing and I was like, oh, wow, this is just like, even though it's like on my really dinky TV uh, it's like I'm back in the theater for, on a Thursday, ready to watch the new mm-hmm. Marvel thing. Uh, and I, I did also got really excited. And then I got excited, and this is me good. I'm going to complain about the second episode briefly, like Super Jump Ahead, is that when the Marvel logo ended, it became small and black and white, but then they didn't do it for the second episode, and I was very sad yeah, it, it was. It was It was really nice that it transitioned to this, because that it was... It was setting. It was setting the scene, uh, it, and yeah. it, it reminded me a lot of in Thor Ragnarok how the Marvel Studios goes up, and then there's like some fire uh, that comes up, and then we get this uh, camera pans down, and it goes to it sets the scene of where Thor is locked in this cage with Surtur. Um So it reminded me a lot of that. It reminded me of like how, yeah. So sorry. what were you saying? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, like. You know how Disney movies used to always do that? Like, you'd put in Lilo and Stitch, and, like, the Disney castle appeared, but then an alien abducted the Disney mm-hmm. castle. It reminded me yeah. of that. And I wish Marvel would do that more. Uh, like, I think the Guardians movies could do that. Very Not that exact thing, but you know what I mean? Like, a weird logo mm-hmm. variation. Uh, I think whenever we watch the next MCU show, I will, movie, we'll talk about that. Because I think... MCU does something very interesting to me with their logo constantly, but I don't think it's very relevant right now for me to talk about it because WandaVision doesn't gotcha. do it. And that has to do with cold opens. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about that whenever we rewatch the movie with a cold <laughs> open or maybe Black Widow has a cold open. I don't um, know. So, so yeah, like like I was saying with it, this nostalgia, um, there's something that, Wanda, this especially this first episode, something that WandaVision captured, did a great job of capturing, in my opinion, is the the nostalgia of watching like fifties television shows, and it's it's yeah, it, it was uh, it was the uh, not the Brady Bunch because that's in color, 
Um, but I'm I'm thinking more of. I think next I think next week's gonna yeah, be the Brady bunch. And, I think but next this week, uh, this, this week, reminded me of this week's was of uh, this this reminded me of Bewitched. Uh, if you've seen that, the f- the. Yeah, um, I'm going to get it. I have, uh, for the, f- the people listening at home, which should be everyone listening to this. Well, I guess I don't know. Maybe you're driving. Uh, the way this works is that Tyler has a list of topics that we're going to discuss, and then I have two other topics. And one of them actually has to do with what you're talking about, but it's a bit more complicated than that, so gotcha. I'm going to wait on it. But the first episode is meant to be like I Love Lucy. It's meant to be mm. the 50s. Uh, and the second episode is Bewitched because Bewitched was okay. the 60s. And the next week is the 70s of Blade Brady Bunch. And I don't know what will be after that because I don't, yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that right up, right off the bat, uh, the dynamic between Vision and Wanda is, is fantastic. They, they're just bouncing their dialogue off of each other when they're trying to figure out what's going what that date is on the calendar um i that bit was was really really good there and it we we got a a relationship set right away without any unnecessary unnecessary dialogue like now vision i am your wife and you are my husband it you know i thought it did a natural natural way also with that that i yeah, and I will say also with that is that so so okay. Initially, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first show. Uh and my attitude was always before we got like actual footage of this show, was like, yeah, I'll watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'll probably pass on WandaVision. Because I think Scarlet Witch and Vision have been done I don't want to say horribly in these movies, because that's a bit aggressive, but I don't think I've ever really had a reason reason to care about their relationship. And I honestly, this is not me like actually arguing with you because it's, it has nothing to do with these episodes. I still don't really feel like I have much of a reason to care about their relationship other than me feeling bad for Wanda's experiences, which, Oh, by the way, by the way, side note, sidebar. Uh, I watched before I watched the episodes. I don't know if you saw this. Marvel has these, uh, things called legends on Disney plus where it's basically like yeah. a clip show. I watched those. Be- I don't know if you did. I watched those before I watched the episodes to so like a recap, and that's me really putting the perspective. Not really their relationship, but like Wanda's tragedy up to this point, because uh, we we know that most likely Vision is not alive. Yeah. I feel like we could say I, that. If I, I think. Like, well, I'm pretty sure this is a fever dream mm-hmm. of Wanda, or someone's doing this to Wanda to make her hallucinate Vision. Uh, and to me. Uh, watching that recap beforehand made me go like, okay, I think personally these movies have dramatized this poorly because they have not given their screen time any time. But these episodes are giving me a reason to right now wish that Wanda could stay with Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they retroactively fix the poor portrayal of the relationship up to this point, but I think it is a much-needed course correction, especially if we're going to be spending the whole show yeah, watching Yeah, exa- well, exactly. And they're and them being charming is important too because neither of them have really been funny yeah. so far, other than like vision, vision, vision in civil panic. civil war. He had some humor there, like with hey, you yeah. need to knock and yeah. Ultron. So, so there was there yeah. was some bit some uh humor in there that uh with with vision, but uh, but yeah, I like it has been so long since Ultron and civil war that I forgot. Wanda was from Sokovia until she mentions 
in the episode they say, well, oh, she's from Europe. That's a Sokovian that's a Sokovian uh, tradition. So if you want to get a good laugh, you should watch her episode of uh the Marvel Legends where they show clips from Ultron where she has this very thick European accent. And they show clips from Civil War where she, it's vaguely there still, and they show clips from Infinity War, which yeah. is gone. They don't have it anymore. It's gone. And the thing is for this show, if it was gone, and it, like let's say it was in all of them up to this point, it would be okay because this is meant to be like a parody of American mm-hmm. sitcoms. So her being American, and also Vision is obviously supposed to be like the wacky outsider more than her, even though she's a witch in the, the world of the sitcom. I don't want to say she's a witch in real life, even though it's her character name, because she's not. She's like she says weird superpowers, but you know what I mean. Um, so in that case, her having an American accent, this is fine. Uh, yeah, that's basically <laughs> is that I'm not bothered by her yeah. not having an accent. Yeah, and but it it was uh, whereas it was weird that she just slowly lost it over the last. It, it few was, movies. but I like I had I had honestly she said something about oh that's how we greet people in Sokovia, and I'm like oh yeah that was a thing I I, for, I forgot about that, but uh but anyways um so now to get more to the the meat of the episode um. I want to dive right into the neighbor Agnes because ah, yes, Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Hahn, I love she, Catherine she Hahn. She was fantastic, fantastic in this. She, uh, this is a fun fact. I believe, yeah, it is. Okay, I was gonna be like, I might want to look this up because I mix her up and Catherine Keener up all the time. Uh, they were both villains in 2018 superhero movies, but Catherine Keener was in Incredibles too. Uh, Catherine Hahn. This is the second time she's played a Marvel character. She was in Spider versus Doc right. Ock. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought she was really good in that, even though it's animated, so you can't really compare it. And I really enjoyed her in both the episodes here. Uh, can I say something, though, before we really yeah. get to the meat of it? Well, actually, no, no, no. You know what? No, no. Because I feel like you might bring it back okay. to where I'm talking. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, and besides, you know, at the end, I have a part where I'll just be like, these are my general thoughts that <laughs> we haven't touched on sure. anyway. So, uh, anyway. Um, but... What do you want to say Agnes, about Agnes? Agnes. If anyone out of this real out of this reality, if anyone knows what's going on, it's Agnes. And she yeah. she um doesn't necessarily break the fourth wall, but her her dialogues and just slight mentions um they all are alluding to her knowing something more about the situation than what she's putting than what she's putting on. Especially in the oh, second yeah. episode. Because um, in the first episode, the off-kilter thing happens and Vision solves it with the help of Wanda. But in the second episode, it happens pretty much immediately. Well, and it happens at the end. And Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, we're going to spoil the whole episode. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, I this, spoiler but- alert. Yeah. Uh, we can just add that at the beginning uh, if we need to, but I also think us describing ourselves as a recap podcast should imply that there's going to be spoilers. Uh, but anyway, um, Wanda solves the thing at the end of the second episode, but in the beginning of it, she discovers like that helicopter, right? And before she can really think about it, Agnes interrupts her. Agnes interrupted the helicopter thing, and that to me felt like a big mm-hmm. deal. Uh, in regards to her character and her knowledge, I also thought that in the f- but, in the first episode when Agnes shows up randomly shows up at all the times that Wanda needs her most during uh, Wanda cooking dinner, like she just shows up with it, you know this this four course meal and oh hey I forgot this and there's this and this and this, um, 
It's well, okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but to me, that's like such a trope. Of gotcha. The okay. Yeah. That that yeah. makes sense. Like even nowadays, it's like, like not not like adult sitcoms, but like in kids sitcoms, you know, that always happens where it's like uh this kid's like oh man i didn't do my stuff for the assignment and their friend just goes like well lucky for you i have all the reading material right here you know like that that's a very very sitcom thing so i wasn't too bothered by that and i don't think she really does it much in the second episode uh so she just goes oh well i guess no you could have a point because the thing is to me is that i'm curious no because not never mind it could be something where agnes's point is to move on the plot. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Like, the plot of the sitcom. So, like, if she sees Wanda and Vision are getting off script, per se, she wants to move them on. Right. Okay. Um, maybe. Um, I don't know. But, uh, it's speculation. But yeah. so <laughs> it's- I, I definitely think that she knows... I think that Agnes knows... It knows everything that's going on. Um, especially, like, you had, you had said in her comments in the second episode Dottie says the devil is in the details and Agnes responds with that's not the only place he is and not too long after that she she pours alcohol into her drink which is you know it's yeah what I what I thought was okay that goes to something I think it's really the thing to me that's interesting about the show is not necessarily the off-kilter stuff uh, but it's more the fact that Wanda should be aware that this isn't real because not not because of anything weird going on, but by the fact that they're openly drinking alcohol in a show in right. the 60s. You know, like, and it's like a kid, like, because my, my theory overall on this, going into this, was that Wanda is creating these things subconsciously with her mind, but then Agnes is here too, and I'm wondering what her point is. Um, but if you were to, if my theory, my initial theory is true, and it's like, her mind is creating this, and she should be aware that these weird, like, adult stuff would not be in mm-hmm. sitcoms. Like, also, like, at the beginning of the second episode where uh, she makes the bed one bed, and they go, oh, let's go yeah. under it right now. It's just very, like, I mean, I enjoy the moment, but I'm like, huh. Okay, that to me is more off-kilter than being like, oh, someone's choking at our dinner table. Oh, there's a random bit of color here. Oh, sorry, but go on. I do want to discuss... The color okay. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm sure you oh have yeah. That at oh yeah. At one point. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so yeah. I wanted like uh, Agnes says the devil's in the details, and yeah. when she, when she says that, I think that right there. I I would say at this point, Agnes is omniscient, 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 omniscient. Yeah, she knows. She yeah. She knows everything she that's knows going everything. on. I would say that she uh, she says the devil's in the details and that's not the only place that he is. I think that the, who is behind, who's causing all of these, who's causing this reality with Wanda or more who's tr- pulling the strings behind this is Mephisto. I think that we're getting, uh, which is the MC, the it's Marvel's, uh, the, it's the devil for Marvel. And I think... That's it's this WandaVision is going to be Marvel's way of introducing Mephisto into I could be completely wrong, but uh, I think it'll be their way of introducing Mephisto into which could open up possibilities for Ghost Rider in the future, too. Here's my thing. Uh, well, one, Ghost, Ghost Rider already exists in the MCU. He was an agent. <laughs> uh, but, but moreover, uh, 
but moreover, um, I'm not sure. I don't agree. I I think that Mephisto, if we were going to get something with Mephisto or like Lady Death, we would have got it already with Thanos. Because of Thanos, Thanos and Lady Death. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I I think Lady Death and Mephisto are related. I, mean, I don't think that's important to note, listeners, is that I'm actually not that familiar with Marvel Comics. I had a Spider-Man encyclopedia when I was a kid. That's a, that's about the extent. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's really it. Oh, actually, no. But when we discuss Miss Marvel, I will be able to talk about that. Because I read the first Miss Marvel trade. Because uh, I was interested in, you know, how all that buzz. But anyway, um, I think I think Agnes is just the bad guy on her own. I think she could be a, a sorcerer. Maybe she's maybe because we know this ties into Doctor Strange too. Maybe she is an old student of the Ancient mm. One, uh, who saw Wanda's powers on TV or something, and was like, "I can use this." Uh, or maybe she's just something out. Maybe she's a different type of witch. Or, or because there's another thing too is maybe this is a spoiler of the show overall. But I remember reading like Elizabeth Olsen give an interview like a few months ago when talking about the show. She was like, yeah, they're finally going to call me Scarlet Witch on the show. And that to me makes me think we're going to get, especially with this tying into Doctor Strange, we're going to get something either with like a sorceress or an actual witch on the show. And I think Agnes could be either one of those. I agree that I don't think she's part of Wanda's brain. I think everything else, well, I don't, I think, I think, I think Vision is the only part of the show that's hallucination. I think everyone else might be someone who's brainwashed to exist in this reality. But I would agree in saying I don't think Agnes is yeah. washed. I think Agnes might be causing it, or Agnes is purposely inducing well, it. Uh, which it's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing, but you know what I mean. Like it might be Wanda's powers that's actually. Uh, I right think that uh you you brought up that uh at I said Ashley Olson. Elizabeth Olson said wrong sister, that Elizabeth Olson talked about that they're Can't going to wait for the yeah, episode. <laughs> that they're going to call uh <laughs> that they're going to actually call her the Scarlet Scarlet Witch. And uh, it brings me to a point in the first episode when the boss, I believe Arthur is his name, he says that there, I, I can't, he says something along the lines of, I can't deal with all this chaos going on in your household. And from the, from the comics, Wanda, Wanda's source of power was chaos magic. So I think right there, mm, that, that, that is, uh, that's, that is a... That's her, maybe her subconscious, if she's creating this reality, that's her subconscious like, hey, trying to hint, this is what's going you know, going on in here. It's a tell to the audience that, yeah, there's there's more going here, uh, you know, going on here. Um, obviously, the last time that we, we saw Wanda was in Avengers Endgame, and she was ticked off at Thanos, and I think... Her, her in Infinity in, in Infinity War when she has to destroy the Mind Stone, I think her using her powers to destroy the Mind Stone, she had to reach deeper into her powers and it unlocked more of her powers than what she is necessarily capable of handling or controlling right now. And well, yeah, we saw that exactly. She pretty much almost like. She, like, and I believe I believe point. Kevin Feige said that he she would have destroyed Thanos right then and there if he wouldn't have sent uh if he wouldn't have uh sent the ships He's like Daenerys, uh, yeah, right? when he went on this yeah. Daenerys Targaryen uh strike where he's like let's just every everyone dies. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah when when he sends in that sends in that airstrike and it stops her from doing it so i think that one i think that wanda wanda has unlocked a a deeper side of her powers that she does she's not capable of controlling just yet um and i think that she and agnes might be exactly hijacking. so i think that someone someone is in the background playing playing to that and trying to figure out uh or trying to use that to their to their cape to what is it they're trying to use that to their, their advantage. advantage thank you um so so yeah i thought that and then uh she can now create her own reality kind of a splinter reality within no i know what you're saying she's created this reality and now when this reality starts to break that's when we start seeing the color in there and we uh we or we start seeing like the choking when the boss starts choking oh and okay do you want me to talk about the choking because okay so well well, what do you want to talk about? Um, the color of the choking. Well, I have I, comments on both of them, and the choking is actually one of my like. You know, I said I yeah. had two things. So the choking, the choking is is the one because my thing was Deborah Joe Rupp, number number one, who she makes everything fun that she's in. But Deborah Joe Rupp, um, she she says stop it, stop it, and at first she's like, oh, stop it, you know, you're just joking. But then it becomes more of an urgent, um, like stop it, like to Wanda. I think that was the reality is breaking and Wanda's falling apart. Like, uh, what do I do here? Um, so yeah, what, okay, what are your okay. thoughts on that? Uh, so this is on that, that was on my list of things to talk about. And I, it's got to do also with the next episode too. And I'm going to talk about something that you might find really boring. But I want to talk about cameras. I want to talk about editing. Uh, I think the reason I really like the moment with the choking is so the first episode is shot like incredibly dedicated to the homage of it being an I Love Lucy mm-hmm. type of show. And I know they shot it with a live studio audience, but what I'm talking about more is like how they constantly use these. I don't want to say wide angles because it's still in like the television aspect ratio, but we almost always will see all of Wanda's body or all of Vision's body. It is always like a full body shot because that's how these shows were shot. They only had like three or four cameras. And then when we jump to that off-kilter moment, uh, we suddenly have these like close-ups of all their faces. We have broken the line of this is where the yeah. audience would be. You know what I mean? That's actually really what it more is, is that like it was filmed in front of a live studio audience, so we can't really necessarily see the other side of them. But when that scene happens, we suddenly exist in a three-dimensional space where we get these close-ups on all their faces, and it immediately broke the illusion that we were watching something that was made in the 50s. Uh, and I love that. I thought that was awesome. My issue is, and I might be jumping ahead on your list here, but I want to talk about, because this is what stuck out to me as someone who really likes technical stuff in shows, is that the second episode does not do this during its off-kilter moment. It does initially, when she picks up the helicopter, we switch to a close zoom in on her face, yeah. shot in her face, and then when Agnes interrupts, we also get a weird angle. But then we keep that angle, and we keep those weird close exterior shots through the rest of this episode when they are at particularly in the outside scenes and i really did not like that because to me it was just like you've really committed to me the first episode really commits to this 
and the second episode doesn't, but we've already established that the aesthetic of this show would be that we keep to accurate sitcom angles unless yeah. something's off kilter. But then the second episode does away with it for the... Well, it's not necessarily all the exterior scenes, but to me what stood out was the country club scene. It had all these weird, very close-up shots of Wanda. And it wasn't like anything weird was going on. It was when like that woman like started ranting at her but that's the only time. But we had that same style of camera angle the entire sequence. And this is the rant that I know pretty much no one's going to care about. But to me, it really matters because I think it's very... The thing to me that fascinates me about the show is interesting. Because earlier you said, I want to get to the meat of the episode. And I think I actually <coughs> like the potato of these episodes more, if that makes sense. Like, I think, to me, I want to be very... I don't want to say disappointed because I know it's coming... And it's what's to be expected. But I think I'm going to be very saddened when we leave this area of the show. Because to me, sitcom plots of Wanda and Vision is something I never knew I wanted. And I think it is a very comforting show, especially right now during the pandemic. But also just in general, as someone who's always like, I don't think Marvel takes that many risks. And I want to be... okay quick sidebar there is like people who are like marvel doesn't take any risk a lot of people are like what are you talking about they did a movie with a talking raccoon and a talking tree as the main characters or for ragnarok was wacky um those are all wacky in terms of script in terms of filmmaking ragnarok is the only marvel movie period that goes out there with its filmmaking technique and even then it is color graded the same way exactly. that MC movies are uh and wandavision to me at least so far seems to be from what we well it's not even that it seems to be it is homage marvel hasn't done homage before that's why i keep going back to this i know you haven't watched this is wonder woman 84 right it is considered not to be a good movie by most people i enjoyed it because it is a very purposeful homage of the richard donner superman movies in a way that i've never seen before even the original spider the sam raimi spider-man movies are designed to be homages to superman's but none of them do them like as precisely as wonder woman 84 did in my opinion uh, and that's what I really liked is that you don't see that stuff under Marvel. You don't get, and but here we are. We get something that's like a work of homage, and I'm gonna be really disappointed when we get to the real world stuff because it's like I don't really, I don't think it's gonna compel me as much. Uh, I'm much more interested on like, oh, they're doing cool trick stuff with the cameras, and oh, they're like, re- like the magic show at the end. Of, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you have that. We're gonna get to that at some point. The magic show, but I thought the magic show was just so fun. Uh, and it's something, it's fun in a way that isn't fu- like the normal jokes of an MCU. The fun is figuring out what wacky camera trick they're going to do to explain this away. Uh, and that's it. But my point is, is that more that to me, the disappointing, the most disappointing part of this episode to me, that sounds so stupid, is that they abandoned that use of the cameras in the second episode to yeah. the exterior shots. Uh, and to me, it just very much broke the illusion of what was going on. So Wanda's, Wanda's reality here is coming apart. And I think how we, we start to notice in the first episode, we see these subtle things are happening. Um, but in episode two, that's when we get this color introduced into... Oh, 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 oh. I want to counter that, though. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh... First off, uh, is the blood in episode two? I can't remember if the blood was in episode two or in episode it, one. It is. I've got that in my okay. in my notes. Okay. Yep. 
But episode one has the commercial for the toaster, right? Right. The, and the start toaster, toaster light is red. And I was oh. very thrown by that. Oh, so I was it like, is. Why is the toaster red? Uh, and I, that's why I, I, we haven't, t- I don't know if you have the commercials as something to talk about. I don't actually think they're that interesting. Uh, I, I think they're cool I think, little segues. I think they're a way of building, building the world out. Um, well, it, it's to me, it's so far, it's okay. This is something that comes from me watching that like clip show, that Marvel Legends thing. Is like a very much specifically like act. Now I'm watching. I was like, oh, I know everything about Wanda now. Everything I forgot is back in my mind. But like, so she and Quicksilver, like their tragedy was like they saw a Stark Industries like missile in their house that didn't killed their parents, like when they were kids. Yeah, and then like, um, then Varen Strucker. Is the guy who experimented on them in Winter Soldier, and he's the in, in the credits. second. He, yeah, in he's the, the second, watch in the second yeah. episode, and the first one is a toaster by Tony Stark uh, by Stark Industries. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested on why there was red color there, and that makes me think. I, I, I maybe it will never be explained, but to me, I'm like that seems very intentional because it's the only color in the first episode, as far as I remember, and it's super weird. Oh well, besides you know, like the very end when like it zooms out off the TV show. Um, there's color there, but like, yeah, well, I we, don't know why the toaster was red, <laughs> but anyway, we can talk about how episode two uses color, but uh, I was very thrown by the toaster is my point. Well, there. I, we see, we see color. The first time that we see it is when the red helicopter, when, yes, uh, yes, yes. when Wanda finds the red helicopter outside and there's a, uh, there's a sword logo on the helicopter. So I was there. I've, I didn't notice it. There was I, I noticed it the second time around that I watched, and I thought, well, maybe this is a is more of a drone rather than you know maybe sword is trying to keep tabs on Wanda to see what's going on. Um, yeah, we you know uh, sorry go on and yeah. and uh, so I think maybe that's a way that they are they are keeping tabs on her is with a a drone possibly disguised as this helicopter. But, uh, I thought, I thought that it was very, very, the timing was very precise for her to hear this, uh, helicopter go outside, find it. And right after that, Agnes shows up. So I thought the timing there of Agnes coming along was, was very convenient. However, that can also be explained by, as you were saying, the trope of sitcom television, where everything oh. it happens conveniently for the characters. Yes, but in this case, I actually agree with you. I do think it has something to do with uh, Agnes's uh, thing. I think in the first episode, all the time she popped up, it was not like a suspicious thing. Like her bringing in food. I don't think that's very that's a very sitcom trope. But her being like, "Hey, stop looking at this weird thing in color." That is not. That is very feels very purposeful to me. Yeah, uh, I think it's a mix of things for her. And uh, what was I going to say about the helicopter? I thought the helicopter. It was implied that that was the noise that was being made the previous night. Vision and Wanda like mm. waking up in the middle of the night during the cold open. Uh, the implication I got was. Uh, I don't, well, 
maybe you agree with me. I don't think that's a real. I think it's not a real toy. I think it's something that either Wanda transformed or like the Agnes transformed or something like the power in the town or block they live on is. Because my my thing is, I think as I've said, I think Wanda or Agnes has caused this bizarre reality, and my guess is it's something kind of like a bubble. Uh, and part of this speculation comes from stuff that I know certain characters are playing. Like, Tiona, I don't want to butcher her name. I think it's Tiona Paris, but I should look it up. Tiona Paris's character is introduced in the second episode. I know she's playing uh, Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. who is uh, Captain Marvel, the girl in Captain Marvel, but now grown up. Yeah. Uh, and But she doesn't seem like she's acting like that at all. She, so in my mind, yeah. I think she has been distorted by the reality that they live in. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened to the helicopter. I don't know if it was a drone. I don't know if it was an actual, like maybe it was like an actual helicopter sized helicopter. Uh, but I don't think it started the size it was, if you get what I mean, or the yeah. way it looks. The yeah. Way it does. I, I want to expand on what you, you talked about that. You think that this place, uh, Westview, Just- that Westview is, uh, that it is in a bubble, like this reality is in a bubble. Yeah. I well, I looked on. There's a sign, a Westview sign, in the um, in the WandaVision intro, like the theme intro, where they where people are consistently saying WandaVision. Um, on the sign it says Westview Home. Period. It's where you make it. So I think that right there is also an Easter egg for us to. Westview is all made up. Everything is, like you said, it's made up. This reality is a bubble. And, uh, it, the, all of these, all of, all of these events are coming together in WandaVision to essentially burst that bubble, that bubble. And it's hard telling. I, I think, no, I'll, we'll talk about this later. But, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah, because there was like something uh, I want to get to, but it's at the ending, end of the uh, thing. The ending of the episode, yeah. But we don't need to go there yet. Not yet. We can talk about the magic show, right? Well, we before that, <laughs> when uh, when Wanda meets Geraldine, which is played by, uh, which is, is that Teona Paris's character? Yeah, and I really hope we're not butchering she... her name. I'm going to look that up right after we're done recording. <laughs> okay. So if we are next week, we do not. <laughs> <I'm>... Um. <laughs> uh, well, she. She seemed to, uh, when, when Wanda introduced herself, she seemed, Geraldine didn't seem to yeah. really believe that her name was Geraldine. She, yeah. she looked confused and I thought that's very, that's very purposeful. And, uh, the fact that they meet, yeah, that they meet right there and she's, she's just very like, Ger- my name is Geraldine and looks, looks really confused. So I think that she has been somehow pulled into this reality. Maybe she's working with Sword. She could yeah, be an agent be of Sword. Guess. Um and that's that's how she's being pulled into this is she was working with Sword and Wanda started pulling people into into this reality. But uh I wanted to yeah, I wanted to note that. And then uh moving moving on, we then changed to uh, vision and he's meeting with the guys 
from the te- from the I town. Love, wait, wait, that- before we talk about serious stuff, can we talk about how like amazing it is that like it cuts to like the cartoon of the gum like going yes, to his yes. <laughs> I just like that this episode was like, eh, well, you know what, we're gonna have. And again, this goes with my thing where I felt like granted in the sixties, I think they probably were able to do this, uh, but the show constantly like is like here's the past, but we're going to bypass the ratings limitations of it. Because this episode was literally just Vision gets drunk in Rooms of Magic. <laughs> Pretty much. That is yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he, yeah, vi- we see Vision have this this moment. And even though he is this, something that I I think uh, Marvel did really well with, with uh, this series so far is that we can relate, even though Vision is this super, the super, uh, out of artificial intelligence, he, we can relate to him with how quirky he is and this, these, him breaking social norms and just. The thing I feel like people always forget about Vision is that Vision was Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And like, Jarvis. Granted, it's not like everyone, anyone who came out of Iron Man, any of the Iron Man movies, like, oh man, I love Jarvis, he's the best. But I remember when Age of Ultron came out, and like at the beginning, I went to a really rowdy like midnight show of Age of Ultron. When Ultron, not Ultron, when uh, Jarvis died, people were like, no, like people were actually like upset about it. Uh, and I think the humor this show has given Paul Bettany so far takes it back. To like how Jarvis was like snarky, because uh, I think Vision has been funny too in these movies. But generally, he's been funny more of like being like a fish out of water type of person. Yeah, yeah. But in this show, like they're both designed to be fish out of water within their town, uh, so it's not as amplified as that. It's just more of a general. Paul Bettany is funny, and we're gonna let him be funny, and it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> I, uh, his uh, his comment. Oh, I wanted to. He says. Uh, I've got I've got a secret to to tell you about, or I've got some top secret information. And he says Norm here is a communist, and that that part I like. I actually I wonder. I'm like, is he? Because he has a version of the Mind Stone in his head still. Like, well, because I'm yeah. Go so, on. Sorry. So I my wondering is. Is there any f- actual fabric to vision in this reality? And if so, is the creation of or the recreation of vision, does that also bring the Mind Stone in with it? So now we have an extra Mind Stone floating around in realities. And uh, was he... Well, my response to that is actually going to be, I hope not. Uh, not. Not necessarily I think so or not, but I hope not. Because to me, I think, well, one of the whole points of Infinity War, which as I've I don't I've said to you before, I've been telling this probably before. I think Vision and Scarlet, which is plot in Infinity War, is by far the worst aspect of it. Uh, it completely loses my interest. But they really make a big deal of saying Vision is more than the Mind Stone, uh, and I don't think Vision in this show should have the Mind Stone. Because I don't think Wanda would imagine him with it. Right. Because the Mind Stone is what killed him. Like, having the Mind Stone killed him. It was his weak point. So, if she was to keep the Mind Stone in him, that wouldn't make any sense. I also think 
that if the communist line was like actually relevant, I'd be really disappointed because I just thought it was a funny joke. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for shows in general to just have, well, particularly a show like this where people are going to be really analyzing everything, which is good. I think it's good to have just throwaway jokes yeah, uh, that people are meant to overanalyze because I think that is that what it is. Um, I personally didn't overanalyze it at all. I just thought it was a very – and I don't think you're overanalyzing it either, to be clear. I, I'm just saying I didn't analyze it at all. I was just kind of like, oh, that's a really funny joke because everything else here is like like a secret that's dumb. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, this guy's a radical communist. Right. <laughs> no, I thought I thought maybe he is – I was thinking, you know, it could be a a joke that just land, happened to land just right, right there, because yeah. it it is really funny in of its in a, in of itself. Um, but I thought maybe maybe there's a possibility that he's telling the truth, he's being honest, but it's so far fetched to the others around the table that they think that he's he's being funny. You know, he's joining oh, sure, in on sure. the fun. Well, sure. I think that is a. Uh, I think you're right. I think that might be it too. But I also think, um, well, let me. Uh, the way that I put it is, we'll be moving past the '60s setting of this show mm-hmm. next week, right? We'll be in the '70s. So, yeah. not that people didn't care about communists during the '70s, but to me, it's a very like. Uh, edgy '60s joke in the '70s, like during the Brady Bunch. No one's gonna make like, a joke like. Jan, I think my friend's a communist. Like, it's not relevant to their lives, mm-hmm. you know? But it is relevant in the early 60s, which is when Bewitched aired. Right. Uh, and that's what the second episode is. The second episode is Bewitched. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I I stick by my thing where maybe you're right. Maybe it's like a hint to something, but I hope it isn't. Uh, I hope it's just a joke. Then we get to the, well, Dottie's uh, glass. We go to the radio of when yeah, Wanda, Wanda and Dottie are setting up the the uh, the stage or the place for the fundraising, and uh, and we go to the radio and it's Wanda who is doing this to you, Wanda. Um, one, you recognize the voice, right? I did. Did you recognize? The I voice? I did not. And I and did I've, you watched, Ant-Man too? I've watched. Um, you seen Ant-Man too? I watched. I have not. Ant Man? Wow. Wait, Ant Man? Right. I want to point Hit out that Man we have an MCU 2. podcast. Hold on. This guy has not seen You said Ant Man 2 or Hit Man 2? No, Ant Man. Oh, I've seen Ant Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, it sounded like Randall Park, who plays Jimmy Woo in Ant Man 2. That's who I thought it was. Oh, and that would make sense yeah. if he. And I know yeah. he's like in the commercials for the show. So I was. But I also just instantly recognized Randall Park's voice because he's great. He's amazing. Like in non MCU stuff, I love him. Mm-hmm. He was in that uh, Netflix rom com a couple years ago. But then I remember him because of uh, I don't know if you remember the little international incident known as the interview. Oh uh, yes, where Seth Rogen almost caused a world war. Well, he played Kim Jong Un in that movie. And anyway, Randall Park's just the guy I've always like kept my eye on since then because I really liked him in that movie. And I instantly rec- my point is I instantly recognized his voice, and I'm pretty sure he's meant to be like. One of the leaders of, if it's sword, sword, but if it's shield, shield, or whatever agency that's investigating Wanda in the show, because he's in the commercials. He and uh, Darcy from the Thor movies are in the commercials for this, uh, so I'm expecting him to pop up, unless they're like 
blatantly lying to us and right. just recording scenes with minor characters no one cares about from the Ant-Man and Thor movies to put in <laughs> trailers. Uh, but no, I think it's uh, Jimmy Woo uh, from Ant-Man 2. Okay. Who's that voice? Well, yeah, that that would make... that's that's No, that's a good good theory and it would make a lot of sense for him for him him being there uh but dottie's glass breaks in her hand and then the blood is red so one we've got a we've got a color um red seems to be the common color that is when we do see color that's the color being brought in do you want another word for red is it's scarlet scarlet witch there you go yeah Yeah. uh actually i think that is also really interesting that moment not necessarily because of the color but because it is blood because not only is blood never in like obviously the bewitched or other sitcoms of the day Mm -hmm. um but we rarely see blood in the marvel movies other than like you know the big third act where they're getting beat up that's like the most we'll see of blood like i think of I think of the comparison point uh, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out where people compared Tom Holland, how he looks in the end fight of Spider-Man Homecoming to how like Tobey Maguire looked totally like beat up. Yeah. And like to a pulp in the original Spider-Man movies. And like these people in Marvel movies, they don't really ever get that hurt. And not that like, you know, cutting your hand on glass is that much hurt, but you rarely see that much blood at one point in these things. And I think it's partially because it's black and white and it's red that we get to see that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's more of a shocking... To me, initially, I didn't register it as blood, even even though I knew it was, because it just looks so out there compared to what's compared to. You know what I mean? Compared to the yeah. tone of the episode. And I mean tone is in, like, color tone. Uh, and tone, actually, of the show in general that it's comedic well, and it's she like, even something weird just happened she even dismisses it with a joke she says how yeah. do how do housemaids clean up what clean up a a mess or mm, you clean up a I giant mess yeah i don't remember but the exact did. joke but but no yeah, yeah you're, you're, ma- right. you're making she a good really like diffused it yeah exactly uh i thought that hearing the radio one was the two realities here are starting to melt together um a lot more and also the blood being red now we're seeing color introduced into this reality that's been all well it's been mostly black and white the whole time so her reality is changing and i don't know if it's her reality changing because her subconscious or whoever this this uh mischievous actor in the background is um that's manipulating her you know to cause this reality um i don't know if maybe they are this color's coming in so i kind of lost my train of thought there (laughs) it's okay um but uh she it's it's all it's almost like well this color comes in and then wanda sees it and she kind of recognizes like oh everything else has been in black and white and now i'm seeing this color and then we see later on everything changes to color and we move into more of the 70s, 70s. exactly yeah um i did notice um when when it makes that change into 
into color. She has this, she goes into, uh, so she, we see her, she's now pregnant and which I'm going to assume I'm, I'm assuming that's true. That's, that's, that's true. Um, but it's like, we have this big, big moment of she's pregnant and then we get this big color change, which I think that's setting up Wiccan and speed to come into into the MCU. Uh, I think down the line, we're going to get a Young Avengers. Oh, I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. I think that will be the next team-up movie. Gotcha. Uh, because they're introducing Miss Marvel. I think Spider-Man obviously would lead a Young Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a new Hawkeye coming in. we got a new Black Widow coming in. Uh, and before this, I don't want to talk too much about Black Panther because again, we're going to talk about it a ton. I think initially Shuri was planned for that, but no one really knows what's going on there right now. Yeah. Uh, Shuri might not be in it anymore if for a variety of reasons, both related to the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman and also just the actor's uh, personal beliefs uh, being publicized. So we'll see. Uh, but my point is like, she would have fit in well there too. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Young Avengers will be happening next. My question is more as if anything Wanda creates within this world will actually leave it. Because I don't think yeah. Vision is going to be revived from this. No. I think this is the end of Vision we'll see in the MCU. Uh, but I don't know if that means if she has kids, the kids will move on to the world. I don't know. I also think it's very possible that uh, the Loki show, let's say... Because the Loki show is supposed to be about like traveling the multiverse too, uh, and whereas Doctor Strange is probably going to be like, no, we can't mess with it. Loki doesn't care. As far as we know, like Loki, well, I, oh yeah, it's another thing too. People think Kid Loki might happen, and he'd be a part of the Young Avengers. Um, yeah, well, Kid Loki's the thing. I don't yeah. really know much about him. My point is, is that there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about. But I would agree that I do think it's a preview for that. To happen a wicked in speed even though i don't really know too much about them i just know they exist i think you know? i think i think that they definitely they definitely could bring in speed and that would be our way of getting a quicksilver type character i don't think we're gonna see quicksilver wow. come back in and we could have a we could have deadpool be like hey check out this guy waka waka yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the dude, guy everyone likes from the x-men movies is i mean i you know? i would be perfectly fine with them somehow bringing evan peters in they could bring evan peters in as speed and somehow work him in to be to be in there yeah uh, that would be, be that'd be fantastic i'd be down with that because i mean right now Wanda's creating this reality. They can do whatever they want. The, you know, they can make yeah. these. She can these uh, Wiccan and Speed. If that is something that we're we're going to chase, that that can become. She can make them as old as as she wants. You know, so yeah. uh, so I definitely think. I mean, look how fast uh, when she said, "Is this really happening?" and it was boom, pregnant belly, and it was quite a long way, ways away. I think it's something also where I, th- I think it's worth discussing that this show is only, I believe, nine episodes long, and as such, stuff is going to move quick, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, 
I actually like the pacing of it right now. I think it's we get enough revelations in episode that the ongoing story keeps going. But I really like the sitcom stuff that I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Uh, and I guess my point with that is is that I think the more traumatic the stuff happens, the more it triggers what's going to happen, like the next installment. But the thing that makes me not want to dedicate totally to that is that we are revealed that she is pregnant before they encounter the person outside their house. Uh, True. Because they encounter the person outside their house, then they rewind, and then the color comes in. But we've already revealed that she's pregnant. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's basically so my talking about the person outside the house. Um, they so they go outside and they hear the banging. That's who that's the sound that I think that they were hearing when they wrote it off as a tree making the banging sound up against the window in the cold open. I think they were hearing that and it was a coincidence that the tree happened to be doing that as well. And oh, then I thought it was the uh, sorry, go on. And then uh later on we we hear another loud sound and they go outside and they see this uh this person come out of the the sewers that is that at first glance, I thought that it looked like they had a beekeeper suit on. And yeah, then, I thought they had a beekeeper and suit And then too. Yeah. the uh, insects that were flying around it, I thought, well, maybe those are bees. And then I thought, or maybe they are flies. And it, we've got some kind of death thing going on right there. Um, because I know in the Marvel comics, there's a Grim Reaper. I don't think we're gonna go towards anything Grim Reaper in this I mean, in you this said show. You know we might get uh, Mephisto. Right? It could exactly. That's yeah. It could be Mephisto um, right there, and she says no, and she see like Wanda sees this person, and she it's like she immediately recognizes who they are, and I'm I wonder if that person isn't going to be what maybe kills vision what takes vision away from her here and she's like no and then they automatically rewind and she's just avoiding this this thing that she knows has to come which is eventually this this bubble of reality's gotta burst um yeah as i've said i think it'll be a shame when it does because i i don't know i think the story we've got so far is really interesting and the fact, well, we'll see how it goes. The fact that it's so pretty guaranteed to end with a big action thing is honestly a little disappointing to me. I'm really enjoying it kind of more like a psychological thing right now. Uh, but that that's the way it'd be. That's the way it'd be. I don't know. I feel like a lot of Marvel, Marvel, and we're doing it too, so I'm not that bothered by it. But a lot of Marvel discussion is always like, what happens next? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I really liked Endgame, because Endgame, no one talked about, like, oh, well, well, they did a little bit, but people were like, oh, man, Iron Man's done, Captain America's done, and it was nice to be there in the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if a TV show, we're gonna be like, oh, what's gonna happen next week? But my hope for next week is we're like, man, I hope they nailed the Brady Bunch really well, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I'm also curious, because I think... I remember right. Well, this was a rumor. This was never confirmed. I, if I remember right, it's like the first six episodes are supposed to be half hours. 
and then the last episode is spo- last three are supposed to be hour longs, uh, which would make sense because by that point I think we'll run off decades to sitcoms on right right next week's seventies. 80s 90s 2000s yeah and i think 2000s would be where they end because that's like the last time we have something that's very distinct a style yeah you know yeah also when you reach 2010s it's not nostalgic anymore yeah (laughs) just putting Uh, that out there (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i forgot my point really but (laughs) yeah uh it's a it's my thought was it was a good show it's a good show it uh, I oh I also really appreciate that the episodes don't have post credit scenes. Yes, uh, I actually the <laughs> first time that I watched them, I went through I went through them just because because I was like, well, they had the post credit at the end of season two with Mandalorian, so maybe they did something something here. I think with they'll have post credits at but, the season finale. I think there'll be one at the season finale, definitely. Yeah, I think there'll be something to tie into either Doctor Strange two or Loki. Or even Spider-Man. Elizabeth Olsen is shooting Doctor Strange 2, I believe. If not right now, like within like two weeks. Right. So, she's in it. Um, what the sense of her role is, no one knows. Uh, but yeah, I, I would imagine that our post credit scene is going to really tie into Doctor Strange. Do you think... Kind of like how Doctor Strange's uh, post credit scene was Thor. Yeah. With, uh, with him tying in there. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say? Sorry. Well, I was gonna say uh, you had mentioned you had mentioned the talent show, or not? Yeah, it was nice earlier. It was <laughs> it was nice, and I it was actually funny. I didn't write very much at all about it, and it was it was honestly really nice to just take in this funny moment. It's you very know? goofy. It is it's very fun. Uh, I like the ending with uh, Geraldine being like. Wait, what happened? And she, like Wanda basically winks the camera and goes, "A magician never reveals her secrets." Right? <laughs> it's just very silly, uh, uh, and I like that. But uh, I like how silly this show is. Yes. Uh, which is, as I said, I'm worried when it gets serious, I'm going to be like, oh, "Go back to the silliness," you know. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, is that all your notes? Because I have my note that I wanted to rant about. Remember? Yeah. Yep. The, that's what I've got. So here's here's my complaint, and we kind of we talked about this very briefly beforehand. Is that I think Disney Plus's uh, user interface sucks, uh, and let me let me. So we both watch these episodes like back to back, right? Right, pretty much. Right. They don't. Oh, normally, I'm very anti skip intro. I think television shows have intros for a reason, and I like the intros in this show. We didn't talk about that, mm-hmm. but I like that each episode had a different intro that fit the sitcom they were going for, which again, makes we really hope they do the Brady Bunch next week, because the Brady Bunch theme song is great. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I think it's pretty insane that they don't let you skip the recap on this. Because uh, I was like, ready to go right into it, and it's like, here's everything that happened last episode. And I'm like, well... Not much happened last episode, so you don't need to recap it for me. And Mandalorian has skip recaps, mm-hmm. so I was surprised this didn't. Uh, I don't know. On your, maybe it's also my interface. It, I watched it on my Android TV. <laughs> I, I did. I, no one knows exists. I did not have a skip a skip recap from from what I uh, recall. I'm not exactly optimistic on their fi- them fixing it because it's really more like an irk than an actual problem with the app. You know, right? Uh, but yeah, 
It's fun to yeah. use on a computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to watch this show on my computer because it's made to be taking place in the 60s. And they didn't have computers back then. Okay. Well, Come on, you Tyler. get out your tube TV. I'm aiming for accuracy. <laughs> you get out your tube TV then. Predictions. Moving, moving forward. Next week is 70s. What, what do you think? I think that we'll see more of Geraldine. I think we'll get some more of Geraldine in there. We'll get more of Agnes, of course. We'll definitely get more of uh, Agnes. Do you think? I think we're gonna. I think those babies are gonna be born. I think those babies will be born really quickly. Because to me, the defining show of the seventies is the Brady Bunch. Oh, I see. So, where you're, well, yeah, where are you going with it? Yeah. So we gotta get straight to them being kids. Uh, Do you think we could start the episode with like a classic Saturday morning? Kids run down the stairs. I, no, I think they'll be babies first. I, I could see the episode being like Wanda. Well, maybe she'll be pregnant. Uh, I could see the episode being about like, oh, we gotta build a uh, build the nursery. Maybe if we don't get the baby born, mm-hmm. and if the babies are born, it's gonna be something wacky like, oh, it's so hard to take care of these kids by myself. And Vision's gonna be like, but I gotta go to work, honey. And then Wanda will have to leave the house, and Vision will have to play Mister Dad, something like that. I don't know. One of, one of those two will be the plot we get because they are pretty generic plots, but that's kind of what I like about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So all right, I think we have d- dissected. WandaVision episode one and two, which I feel like at this point I should just say what the titles were, just so we have it on record. Oh, they're just labeled episode one and episode two. Never mind. Nothing nothing matters. <laughs> 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 nothing matters. <laughs> it wraps up why is with Ty and Dan about WandaVision, episode one and episode two, which are titled episode one and episode two. Fantastic. <laughs> Join us next week where we discuss Episode three? Why is episode three? What is, is episode three? Oh, who is episode three? All right. All right. All right. Catch you next yeah. week. Catch you next week. Play the outro. We'd like to specially thank Sarah Kanoff for making some of our art for this episode she did not make the main art we'll be using but she put a lot of time and effort into some other unused concepts so we'd like to thank her for that i'd also like to apologize to tiana paris who i discovered right after recording this episode that i did mispronounce her name the whole time will not happen again i'm still gonna mispronounce kevin feach though